I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting now in the midst of a pandemic. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 14, Dads and Daughters, Mothers and Sons. How does gender shape parenting? So big week for you, Lisa. I was not going to let you forget this one. Roll the music. Roll the music. Go, 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 It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Rena. Thank you. It's a big one. It is the big 5-0. And I have to say, I am so excited to be 50. Hmm. I um I, love that. I don't know for some reason it feels like now I can do anything I want. <laughs> That's what I've decided. Tell me more because I love hearing this. <laughs> Absolutely love hearing it. And you know, you talk about doing more. It, it just reminds me, I think a lot of our viewers don't know how this podcast started. It was you back in the beginning of the summer calling me saying I'm really worried about where we're going to be with our country and with parenting and schools in the fall. And here you are. We've created this podcast, which Good Housekeeping just named one of the top parenting podcasts. I know. That was fun. And that was fun to see that. I am so grateful for you and for your life and for oh, what you've Rena, created. I feel the same way. You took that call. You said yes. And and I I hate that we have found ourselves in conditions that inspired this. I am so grateful for our listeners and the phenomenal questions that you're sending in. So thank you for the birthday wishes. All right, let's get down to business. All right. Okay. So 
we had a little bit of a scare this week. Um, my son was sent home because he was potentially part of a group of people who could have been exposed to COVID. Turns out he wasn't. Mm. Okay. My school handled it beautifully. Beautifully. I'm really proud of them. They contacted the parents immediately, isolated it, did contact tracing. And um, it's scary time right now, Lisa, for so many people. It's intense. And it's interesting as I'm connecting with schools around the country, I'm hearing more of that where um, a kid is coming to school who's been, you know, is ends up being diagnosed positive and they're having to quarantine whole sections or quarantine whole grades. Um, you know, it, it feels like it's moving from the looking at the pictures of the growing chart of um, COVID cases to people really, you know, increasingly that I'm aware of, um, people I'm in contact with, having it, you know, show up in a material way in their lives, you know. And then this is on top of just being exhausted from the pandemic. I think everybody found the election to be exhausting. You know, it's funny, I've lived in the Midwest for most of my life. And one of the things I love about Midwesterners is they're really good at understatement. (laughs) And so if I think about like how we're talking right now about COVID and the election and this going on and on, what people are saying is, it's a lot. cracks me up. So, Rena, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. They've Um, got to make t-shirts that just say it's a lot, you know. It's a lot. Because it's hard to laugh these days. What's what's your advice? What what are parents supposed to do right now? Well, I actually kind of love the Midwestern take on this. Like, it's a lot. And that for me kind of brings me down a little bit, brings me down in a good way, like kind of centers me. And, and what I would say and what I've actually been trying to hold myself to um, over this last sort of, you know, big, intense week for all of us in the country is something we talked about earlier in the podcast, which is be a steady presence. Like that, that that's sort of what I held on to um, over these last sort of, you know, 10 days or so, um, because I was really watching the election really closely. And then my kids were aware I was watching the election really closely. And then they have their feelings about it. And, and so I just thought, whatever else... Just be kind of calm and available, and that I can do. So that's what I would say. You know, Mm. whatever's coming at parents, and I think there's a lot coming at parents right now. Do what you can to just be a steady presence. And sometimes you can't, but if you can get there, that's that's for me what I can focus on. Being a steady presence. Relationships also really matter more so than ever. You know, relationships with grandparents and parents. And there are people that in your lives that you're close to that you can't see right now. Many of us have formed pods. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when my son, when I got this note from the school saying to come pick him up immediately, I, I was worried about my internal pod that I've quarantined mm-hmm. with because we're getting ready to, I think, hunker down again. And the relationship, somebody sent us this email, which I thought was quite appropriate. It says, Hello, Dr. Lisa. I love and rely on your books and podcasts. Thank you so much for providing your knowledge in these difficult times. I've learned so much. I'm guessing that most of your listeners are mothers. Please forgive me if I'm mistaken. Yet as I listen, I'm often thinking, I hope there are lots of fathers listening and learning from this too. Mm. I wonder if you would consider focusing on fathers and daughters in a future podcast episode. My suggested question is simply this. What is a good enough father-daughter relationship, and what do fathers need to know to build one? Oh, I love Isn't that. Isn't that a great question? When you're yeah, it's a great question. Talking about it's a great question. in this moment the influences of different relationships, but the father-daughter one I thought was was something that for me also was just so it just so important. Yeah, no, it can be. It can be a really powerful relationship, you know, in positive and also negative ways. 
I guess I kind of want to start off, and I'm wondering, how do dads differ from moms when it comes to raising girls? So we have some research, and actually I can unpack it for us, but I think the most important thing to say off the top, and I have observed this and I know it to be true, any parent can do anything. Um, I have watched dads, single parent dads, raise daughters and fill every role that needs to be filled by a parent. I've watched moms do that with daughters and sons, you know, so I just... The first and most important thing to say really in all of this is that um, there are no hard and fast gender lines in parenting. Any parent can do anything. But (laughs) um, if we go with a heterosexual family with a mom and a dad, and in this case a daughter, we do have research about where dads fit into all of this. And they play a different role sometimes than moms. And one of the things we see is that, especially as girls move into adolescence, but I want to talk about the time before adolescence as well, the relationship between dads and daughters is less close and intense sometimes than between moms and daughters. And this is sort of a good and bad thing because on the one hand, it's not unusual for girls to share more with their mom to, you know, tell more sort of intimate things to their mothers. On the other hand, the relationship between moms and daughters tends to be more combustible (laughs) than the relationship between daughters and dads. And so um, though dads may sometimes long for the closeness, it's a double-edged closeness, Mm. you know, both in terms of warmth and also in terms of heat. Mm. It's interesting. I love what you said, that there are no hard and fast gender lines. What if you don't have a dad? What if you don't have a male presence? Well, that's, you know, a place where all the time I watch moms do all the parts. You know, they play all the roles and they do an incredible job. And is there a way in which it takes a village to raise a kid? Absolutely. Right. So if you're talking about a single parent situation, which I feel like we should do a whole episode on being a single parent, because I think it is the most heroic thing I have ever watched humans do. Absolutely. But let's work with the assumption that a single parent is going to need additional support around them because raising children alone is an incredibly difficult thing. And then let's work with the assumption that there should be a variety of grownups who are invested in that kid. And there might be gender variety in the grownups who are invested in that kid. And that can be a great thing, not strictly necessary, but it does matter for kids to feel that they are cared for and admired by people who come from a lot of different perspectives. And I think there are some places, you know, if we think back to sort of a more conventional family, where dads can do and say things that are particularly useful to daughters that may not work as well coming from a mom. Mm. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. OneSkin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, 
no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. I was recently watching an interview of the wife of a world leader. And in the middle of the interview, she reaches over to pull her bra strap up. And I thought, boy, this is something all women everywhere are struggling with. This is why I absolutely love Honey Love. I have the crossover bra, which is just so functional, but it feels so good on. I feel like I've got the support without feeling like I've got this heavy duty bra on. I've been through all the bras. The elastic wears out, the underwire pinches into your skin. You have to hand wash some. You can only wash them this type of detergent. And I just wanted something that takes out all the fuss and will support me day in and day out. Honey Love's not just supporting women, it's empowering women. So treat yourself to the best bra on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash askalisa. You can use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash askalisa to find your perfect fit. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. We hope you support the show and tell them Askalisa sent you. Honeys, you deserve this. Free the pain and discomfort and keep the support with Honey Love. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. So Lisa, you talk about the village and if you don't have a dad or a male presence that hearing from lots of other people is really important. I'm also wondering when that village starts to raise a child that is hitting adolescence, (laughs) how does that change the male, uh, female dynamic there, dads and daughters, the male figurehead and daughters? Well, so one way it plays out is if we go back to this idea that it can be a little bit hotter between moms and daughters sometimes, a dynamic I often hear about, let's say by the time girls hit like 13, I've decided, and we might even do a whole episode on 13, I think 13 <laughs> is in a hugely hard age, mm. that a dynamic that is totally familiar to me and I hear about from families is where the mom you know, will say to the dad, you need to go tell her that she needs to clean up her room <laughs> or you need to go tell her to hurry up because we're leaving. Yeah. So sort of using the dad's neutrality um, the kind of less combustible qualities of the dad-daughter relationship in a very strategic way um, to get support for, you know, basic parenting functions. Mm. And so that's a place where 
especially for single parents, if they don't have another more neutral parent, you know, if a mom doesn't have a dad to send in to tell the daughter, you know, she needs to hurry up, that's a good example of where it's just hard sometimes to be the only one, you know, in the house and on point. And so it is sort of funny to me that on the one hand, I know dads can feel really um, kind of cut out or like they don't quite connect with their adolescent daughter in the way they did when she was younger. But I also know a lot of dads quickly realize they can do things their wives or partners cannot do Mm. successfully because they are in a more, just a neutral place Mm. with the girl. So I wonder if the reverse is true. Like my son is nine and we have a great relationship. And a girlfriend once told me, you know, I found it really helps at night when I just sort of lay down with him in bed, everything's being processed and I hear from him. When you talk about gender roles in parenting, where do you think that moms and sons have an advantage and where do dads and daughters have the advantage and, and what's the reverse of that? Okay, this is a great question. Okay, so where what, what happens between moms and sons that might be uniquely special? I mean, there's so much, but one of the things we consistently see in the research is that boys and men are not socialized in our culture to be fluent in discussing feelings. You know, that they are very much taught by our culture not to talk about feelings. It is associated with weakness. It is associated with um, femininity, unfortunately, which especially among, you know, middle school boys can be chalked up to weakness. And a critical role, I think, especially that moms can play, but if dads could do it, it would be even better. But moms might be socialized to be more fluent in this is to actually get boys talking about their feelings and keep boys talking about their feelings. And so when I think about you laying with your son at night, you know, to the degree that that unguarded time, right, that's such an unguarded time with kids, they're so forthcoming, to the degree that he's using that to tell you about things that are close to his heart and you are cultivating that language and that fluency with him, that seems to me so powerful and so important. Hmm. Finding that time, you know, when you think about adolescence as well, finding that time, being able to connect, you might feel like, okay, I'm ready to have that unguarded time, as you call it. But their emotions, their their hormones are raging. Like, how do you think having that father presence kind of makes a difference, or male presence makes a difference with girls? Well, it's funny because I actually think a lot of dads feel like they stop understanding their daughter when she becomes a teenager. And one of the things, Rena, I've noticed, Untangled, my first book, has been out for a while now. It's been out since 2016. And I will tell you, I mean, people are very kind to me about that book. My most ardent fans are dads. (laughs) Like, there's no question. Yeah, and I started to notice this. And here's what I think the deal is with that book and dads. Um, Because what that book does is it basically starts to explain what's happening internally Mm. for teenagers, but especially adolescent girls, starting at about age 11. And so what I've come to believe over time as I've talked to dads about it or had dads, you know, send me like the nicest notes I've ever received in my life um, is that, you know, dads adore their daughters. Mm -hmm. They love their kids like crazy. Mm -hmm. And. I think, you know, I think about sometimes like if we imagine a, a, you know, a child who's the biological child of a mom and a dad, I think sometimes it's got to be so hard for dads when their wives are pregnant. You know, like they're as invested in that kid as the mother is, but there's a bit of a 
remove, mm-hmm. you know, just of not being the pregnant one. And then I think the baby's born, and you just watch dads. Like, they are just fantastic and totally into that kid. And they often have a really powerful relationship with their daughter. And I think there's so many dads out there who are like, I'm committed to this. I'm going to be that dad who's present for you. We're going to be best buddies forever. And the girl is completely into it, and it's going great. And then she turns 11. Mm. And 11 is when adolescence begins and starts to hold everybody at arm's length. It's not just the dad. But my hunch is, often in that dynamic, the mom kind of remembers this, kind of gets it, kind of saw it coming, doesn't take it so personally. And my sense about dads in that moment is that they feel like, I am more scared for you than I have ever been because you're becoming a teenager. Mm. And I thought all of that investment I put in would position me well right now. And instead, you just kicked me to the curb. And they are terrified for their relationship and for their girl. And so I think one of the benefits of Untangled is that it's pretty neutral. And it just explains, you know, why girls do what they do. Mm-hmm. And what I hear from dad is it, dads is that it feels like it gives them inroads back into that relationship. But, like, I had a mom in California. She's like, I have to tell you this. This is kind of weird. But my husband keeps a case of Untangled in his car. <laughs> and if he meets a dad who has a daughter, he's like, dude, you need this book. That's like, just go read this book, which great. I think is the – it's hysterical. <laughs> but I think – what I think to me what that has told me is dads are so devoted mm. to their girls and they just don't always know how to click in when they become teenagers. And then there's this thing, right? I don't know, like when boys get into the picture, yeah. right? Yeah. And and there was a – Charles Barkley like always cracked me up. The basketball player? A, yeah, the basketball player. Like, he always thought he was so funny. Like, he just, you know, he just says it. He just says it. And I guess when they moved to Phoenix, and I'm going to get some of the dates and times wrong, I'm sure. Um, his daughter was 12 years old. And some reporter was like, Charles, like, what are you going to do when boys try to date your daughter? And he's like, oh, you kill the first kid and then you're done with it. <laughs> or something like that. And I think he speaks for a lot of dads who are like, you're my most precious thing, and now you're not talking to me. Yeah. And now I feel like you're starting to move into the world of boys, and that makes me scared. Oh, that is fantastic. I mean, it's just such a funny perspective, but true, like how they're yeah. freaked out over this. I could see it. Totally. They're often totally freaked out about it. What about you and your dad? Like, how did that play, and how did your adolescence play? I think it is one of the most crucial looking back relationships. I mean, my mom is everything, you know, I, I call her every day, you know, it, she, the relationship with mothers and daughters are, are is fascinating as well. But I think my dad helped me understand, he got me a credit card when I was 12. He would charge something once a year to establish uh, a financial history. You know, he hmm. is very much the person who is supportive of being entrepreneurial and, and kind of gave me a lot of confidence, you know, having his influence there. Um, but I also think about what life would be like if I didn't have that male presence. And Mm -hmm. for so many people in this country, they don't have that, you know, they're raised by single moms or maybe even a single dad, you know? Um, and I, and I wonder as our concept of what a nuclear family is has changed drastically from when I was growing up in the eighties, um, 
what really matters, Lisa, you know? Like that was important to me. And and I see my my husband and my daughter and and they just love each other so much. And I love seeing that relationship blossom. But it's different as you have taught me from the beginning is every family is different. You shouldn't judge them based on what they're doing. But what really matters when you're building a relationship with people around you? Well, so, you know, if we think about like, what do kids really need and what can parents provide? And if we think, you know, where does gender come into this? What really, really matters, and and if we think about daughters in particular, is this sense of feeling valued, right? And you're talking about that with your dad Mm -hmm. of, hey, I'm going to help you establish a financial history, and then you can go be entrepreneurial yourself. I mean, there's so much of a communication of, you know, you got this, and you can do anything you want, and you're worthy and worthwhile. And so, you know, we want that communicated to kids, and there's a hundred ways to communicate that to kids. There's not this idea that dads have the market cornered Mm. on being able to communicate to kids that they are valued. Um, They can also do, you know, the extreme opposite. They can do a terrible job and make kids feel really bad. So it's not that dads have the market cornered. Um, I do know, you know, if we go back to that kind of, um, you know, traditional idea, the Charles Barkley thing, right? Like, Like, there is a place, you know, if we have a very traditional, you know, conventional family, There can be a place, I think, if the daughter's heterosexual and leaning towards spending lots of times with boys, where dads can actually, without threatening to murder, you know, young men, (laughs) um, they can say things that even though girls may roll their eyes, girls should be hearing. Mm -hmm. And girls can hear this from their moms. I wish this weren't true. I kind of think it may have a little more traction coming from dads. Mm But I do think that we should be saying to our daughters, now you deserve to be treated with the utmost respect. Expect nothing less than that. That is how you should always be treated. Now, we should also be saying this to our sons, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You should be treated with the utmost respect. Um, Expect nothing less from your friends or your romances. Um, But I know in our culture we worry, and not without reason, that um, boys don't always treat girls as well as they should, and boys have more power in some ways than girls do physically or culturally, and so it's important that we are attentive to that. So in terms of, you know, just this question that, that we started with about, like, where might dads come in in particular, I think if we think about young women learning how to kind of carry themselves in the world, and if we teach them at home how they should expect to be treated— Part of how that gets taught is how we treat our kids at home, boys and girls, and maybe in terms of how girls expect to be treated by boys, a huge part of how that gets taught is how the standards are held at home Mm. in terms of their treatment from both mom and dad. It's interesting. I think the takeaways, whether you are, it's a father-daughter relationship, mom-son, is knowing that you're cared for, teaching them You've got to be respectful and, and demand respect um, and expect that, that these are important in building these relationships as they eventually leave the nest. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I want as the kind of bottom line on this is that for girls and boys, what we can do in our homes is lay down what we want to be familiar and known Right, Mm -hmm. which is real 
really decent treatment, really respectful treatment, um, a sense of kindness and fairness, that when we live that way with our kids, they leave us and they're put off by anything short of that. And I think that's the goal, if we just take all gender out of it. And I think that's often what's behind a question about, like, where do dads and daughters fit in? I think it just takes us to this bigger piece around our goal as parents is to teach our children how they should expect to be treated by others. Mm, That's really powerful. And I guess when you're parenting every day and trying to keep your head above water, you don't think about how important that is. I think in the day-to-day you can lose sight of it. But I think so many parents are doing this just naturally Mm. and can step back and enjoy that they have held high standards for themselves with their kids and they can watch their kids go out and hold those high standards in their relationships outside the family. I love that. So much uncertainty, but I, I love that you break down exactly what's important right now and you give people hope. That's what I really love is that got to take this one day at a time, really. Yep. Yep. And we've got our little homes and we've got our two-foot world and we can turn out really well-loved people. That's great advice. Uh, and happy birthday, my dear friend. I <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. I love hearing that you love 50. And you are just such a shiny example of the best is yet to come. I love it. Well, thank you. I love thank it. you. And I want to plug today our charity of, of the week for children everywhere, as we call it, is Jumpstart. It's a national early education organization that helps preschool and kids in elementary school really learn how to read and write, particularly for underserved communities. We hope you might uh, head over to our show notes and give them a consideration if you're considering making a donation. Love it. Love it. And Lisa, what's your parenting to go? So my parenting to go this week is something I picked up from my other work wife. I cheat on you with another work <laughs> wife. Um, it's Dr. Tori Cordiano, who I mentioned um, when we were talking about the work we do at Laurel School. So Tori and I, um, Tori's also a psychologist. We share our private practice suite. We share a, a waiting room, and then we each have our own offices. And she is a brilliant psychologist. And we were talking about hot moments at home, like when there's disagreements and fights or when a kiddo is like kind of having a meltdown. And Tori shared this thing that I just thought was so smart, a bit of a mantra for when she feels herself accelerating in those moments. And what she does is she breathes in and she thinks to herself, I am safe. And she breathes out and she thinks, this is safe. And she uses that reset to hold herself as a steady presence when she's in a moment with a child that is intense and can go sideways. And I thought it was so beautiful um, that I wanted to share it. Why does that make such a difference when you do that? It takes us out of the moment. Mm. I think that's what she's accomplishing, that she's actually giving herself a way to stand back and ground herself a little bit so that she doesn't, um, or that we don't, in taking her good advice, act in ways that we wish we hadn't. Acting in ways that we wish we hadn't. We're going to leave it right there. Thank you so much, Lisa. You bet. See ya. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to Ask Lisa at drlisademore.com. 
And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.